What's up, everybody? It's the Pastor With No Answers podcast, Joey Spinson, your host, and I'm excited to bring a lot of fun to your ears right now because we have the one and only Derek Miner. Happy to have my friend on here to update us on how his life is going in this virus-infiltrated world, but I'm also excited for you to hear his take on hip-hop. Yes, sir, we have a little bit of confusion me and my two co-hosts natalie and john as consumers of hip-hop and so i wanted to bring in a creator of hip-hop to straighten us out on just the foundation of hip-hop where hip-hop artists are coming from how they're learning just like all of us Hey, if you want to contribute to this podcast, in addition to being a listener, you can go to patreon.com forward slash PWNA pod. Go to iTunes, leave us a rating. We would love that as well. So I want to give one little shout out and I'm doing this. I ain't getting paid a dime. I'm doing this because I like this guy. His name is Scott Shea. Scott Shea, he was on an episode number 214, actually. Author Scott A. Shea explores most common atheist critiques of the Bible. He's a Jewish man, brings some insight on the Holocaust and just God in, in general, and is a very fun guy to listen to. Well, he is having an upcoming seminar that you can get information on at scottshea.com forward slash love thy neighbor. And we will have that in the show notes for you. So like I said, we will start this episode off with a little discussion between Natalie, John, myself on hip-hop music, as well as my take on the Super Bowl halftime show. And I kind of get smacked over the head by both John and Natalie, and it's all good. But after that, I had my friend Derek listen to our discussion on hip-hop, and he's coming to bring some commentary Love you guys. Enjoy this episode. So I keep a list of things when they come to me and I'm like, that it's it's funny. So now since I've been podcasting since I guess 2015. There's, I think there's a certain way podcasters think because it's like you need stuff to talk about that's interesting and that you feel like you would be exciting, excited to talk about. So when something comes to you, I'm the sort of organizational freak where I go to my app, like some sort of to-do list and go to podcasting, write down the subject sort of thing. And something that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, in fact, I think it was on my list of things to talk about when I was with Bad Christian, just never got to it, is this... We we have come such a long way as a society with the Me Too movement and with respecting women and it's you know uncalled for and and talking about women's body in public and just crazy stuff. And it, here's what's nuts: is I watched the Wedding Singer, which I want to say came out in '98, so we're talking 22 years ago. And my Priscilla and I could not believe. I guess I'll use the word how inappropriate it was, like with just how horrible women were treated. And it was comedy. 
I mean, it was it was comedy. I mean, we're talking 20 years ago. It is crazy watching stuff with just how rapidly we have have changed. And so, my question to you guys, and, and it's it's kind of twofold, and they're it's it's I would say partially related, but one being is that we're all hip hop fans, and I have heard Jay Z in a recent song basically recant his lyrics of the last couple of decades and how he talked about females and I think even how he has treated females. And I believe that it's sincere. And I also believe, you know, it seems like, well, that's something that you, you almost have to do in today's society if you want to be an artist that people listen to, but that doesn't seem to be the case in the hip hop world because I still listen to artists say stuff. And I'm like, if an actor was caught saying that and someone recorded it on their phone and put it on YouTube, their acting career would be done forever. And yet it, maybe it's just hip hop culture that that's, it, it's just accepted. I, I don't get it. I don't get that. And then the second thing that I don't understand is, and I didn't watch it a whole lot and it wasn't like, Oh, I'm not watching this disgusting stuff, but I did see some clips of the Super Bowl show and I don't understand how, in one hand, society is, is saying treat women with respect and dignity and not just bodies that you, you know, go gaga over. And yet it seems like that's how the presentation and the singing and all that stuff, how those women were portrayed as look at look at our bodies and we're basically doing what strippers are doing. And it just it's. I'm confused by it all. <laughs> and maybe it's because it's still my conservative <laughs> tendencies. And I think I'm giving Natalie a headache. And you guys can't see what Natalie's doing right now. There's a lot of <laughs> facial and You're not mad at me, are you? Are you on. mad? No, I'm not mad at you. I'm just like trying to relax because <laughs> I do this thing where like I get real heady and I talk real fast. And I'm like, Natalie, you're going to wait your turn. Wait your turn. <laughs> hey, I'm, John, I'm going to make I'm going to try to make Natalie snap. I'm going to keep interrupting her. <laughs> there you go. There you Man. go. Just tell her to calm down. Oh, I'm, my sure God. I'm sure it'll go. So, well. so do y'all at least understand? <laughs> like, I'm not saying do you relate to my question? Y'all could both be thinking, wow, that's a dumbass." But do y'all understand what I'm saying? At least I get what you're saying, fam. Yeah. OK, for sure. And, okay. and I will say just to I, I'd like to take a crack at hit the hip hop first if if yeah. i can if i may if i if i this is so your house may. baby this is your house man <laughs> um what's so interesting is i just had a similar conversation with emily the other day so like i'm in the office and we play hardcore unedited hip-hop right. in my very open air office with clients no clients like there are no f's given right and yeah but i will say um i have a colleague who's very gay, just got married, awesome dude, um, and an old, old, old Chance the Rapper track came on, and he said the F word that I don't say. Right. On It said, like, F slapper, dot, 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 and it was used to be one of my favorite Chance the Rapper songs, and I it didn't even register in for me until I was like, holy f- I'm sitting, like, right next to Michael. And like, how does, how does that make him feel? 
right? Yeah. Um, and so I, I was texting my wife. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe like, I'm having this revelation that even that mixtape came out in like 2013. That wasn't that long ago, but people don't say that in hip hop anymore. Yeah, I mean, people j- don't use the F word in hip hop anymore. Yeah, right? and John, that real F-word. quick, and John, I, I, real quick, I think you're a big J. Cole fan. I mean, the first yeah. song Cold on World. Born Sinner on in Col- 2013 is just Good night. I mean, yes. I, I don't understand why. Seriously, and I, I'm not saying this would be the right thing to yep. do. I don't understand why people aren't going back to that song and saying, we're not listening to anything J. Cole has to say, burn all your CDs. Like, I don't think that's the right thing to do, but that's what our culture does. So why does J. Cole get a pass? Yeah. I, I think in hip hop in general, there's more lenience given in old lyrics. Like, look at Eminem's old lyrics. Holy God. In there. Yeah. It's unreal right and jay that track exactly i put that on in the gym the other day and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> goodness uh, I mean, it's, it's like a bitch slap to gay people it's so and then he is but then there's a, like this little quip at the end of that line and he's like says something that maybe he felt like redeemed him after saying all of those awful things um and i love j cole and i think um both him and chance and Jay-Z sounds like it's like when they knew better, they did better, right? right. And like you stopped hearing that sort of stuff in their music. Um, but I was texting my wife, like, real time as this happens, like, oh, my God, I feel so uncomfortable. Like, I feel um, like I should have done something. I can't believe how, you know, Michael may, might feel about, you know, that word over the loudspeaker in our office. Right. You know? And um, she's like, how the hell do you feel about women in hip hop now? And I was, and I felt even worse that like that didn't make my radar. You know what I mean? For it, it just didn't make my, and maybe it's cause I was so used and I'm so inundated with, that's like all I listen to is hip hop. Right. Um, she's like, how do you think I feel when you played the baby? Oh my gosh. Cause like his music is so bad. John, I so actually, good. I actually, sonically. yeah, the, I don't think it's the, his newest, but I think the one just, uh, one, one ago. And the first song to me is killer. The rest of it, it like, I couldn't even give the music a chance because of how ridiculous the, like, I, it's like, I even have a line <laughs> and I was like, I can't listen to this guy. It's just yeah. off the charts. No, I get I get it. I I think I'm starting to understand a little bit more. Um, But it's so interesting. Like that homophobia was jarring to me. But um, speaking about women the way that a lot of current hip hop artists do wasn't. And I don't know where the disconnect was there. Um, But I, I can say for sure, like, I'm not the only one, obviously, because that stuff is still played on the radio. Right. You know? What's the woman think so about I this rap nonsense? think that there's a lot to be said with regards to hip-hop culture um, in its own container. Uh, it's always, it's no secret that, like, hip-hop culture started off as, like, a very man-heavy culture and tends to be dominated by men. Um, that being said, like, womanizing is not a new thing for hip-hop and probably won't go away because it's so deeply embedded, I feel like, at this point. Um, and like, it is a problem where like, yeah, it's not right. I, a lot I, I, of, I mean, well, so here's the thing is like a lot of women love hip hop, but genuinely have like a hard time getting through shit when it's like, 
are we just gonna pretend he didn't say that are we just gonna move on like is that what is that what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. because this song slaps you know um and it's this weird thing where like hip-hop is very important to people culturally and a lot of people identify you know with that kind of culture and it becomes really difficult when that is synonymous with like womanizing right yeah the same thing can be said about salsa music old salsa music is very much like insanely womanized are you I saying love... salsa yeah salsa are you saying salsa yes i just heard <laughs> salsa New York city um <laughs> now i think she was imitating a, a white boy are you saying salsa <laughs> new york well, like, city well, well i say it because so like i love hip-hop but there is definitely like a realm of hip-hop that i will never understand because i'm not a black person in america you know and like i mm-hmm. feel like that is so important culturally to those people um you know can be rather because it tends to be a large like you know a large thing in like quote unquote urban areas or whatever in any case like i relate that to myself the the tie that i feel like black americans can and tend to have with hip hop culture like as a whole is the same that like Puerto Rican people have with salsa because it's like literally stems from their folk and like the way that their culture like just evolves and people still make like incredible salsa that has awful lyrics in it or like that tends to be like very dismissive towards women and there have been like you know things to thwart this like I don't know if you guys have ever listened to Queen Latifah's song Unity like, that is her effort to thwart this entire attitude. Like, who you calling a bitch? You know what I mean? Like, that's her response to that in the community. There's always going to be that. And mm-hmm. Salsa, there's this woman named La India who does the same thing. But by and large, the larger voice is the male voice. You know what I mean? And, like, I think that it does cause a lot of dissonance for women who love hip-hop and women who love salsa. And are constantly reminded that, like, you don't belong in this space or this space is dominated by a man. But we're just, I'm not at the point where I can confidently say that, like, I know what to do with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I I will say from, uh, from a dude's perspective, I, and kind of becoming aware, more aware of what's happening in hip hop again, because that's, like, all I listen to. I'm engrossed in that culture as a consumer yeah um i love seeing people like cardi uh nikki kind of paved the way but um megan the stallion kamaya like these strong women artists that are like taking their own narrative back plug plug for Um, princess nokia plug for princess nokia all right. Princess Nokia, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying, no, I'm saying. But like taking that narrative and like, especially I think of Megan the Stallion and even some, a lot of Cardi's lyrics too, but like um, it, it, being strong about their own sexuality, mm-hmm. but and from a place of strength and not from a place of like being an object, but, but strong. And I really, really appreciate that. Let's take this as a transition. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. Because I think there's a lot of things to be said about the Super Bowl. Um, I think that the entire conversation is very silly. 
uh, because they are the people who we're talking about are women who are in charge of their own agendas and chose to do these things for themselves and chose to market themselves like this for a reason because this is what feels what this is what they feel like they they thrive in this is how they feel like we are they, not gonna agree on this i one. know i know but like <laughs> there's layers to this right so like it's very much in the vein of what john said i am presenting myself in this way because i feel like a strong independent badass that can like not only like portray herself like this but do this while being 50 years old what are you going to tell me do you have anything to tell me because this is how i choose to present myself on top of that no one is talking about what actually mattered during the freaking halftime show. And that's the plug for PR and how uh, bad bunny. Bro, boop, boop, boop. First of all, how bad bunny is so bad and so great and got a wonderful plug. And so many people know about him now because of the Super Bowl. And he's such an integral like figure in Puerto Rican, like, culture right now because he is like so woke but also beautiful there's so many things can i say one thing about bad bunny yes oh sweet i gotta check him out and the, uh, specifically about the uh, super bowl halftime show yes. he uh, first of all i love bad so bunny 100 um but he straight up looked like he sold crack on the moon oh uh, for that sure show. that's where he lives <laughs> so anyway that's 100 percent where he yeah, lives yeah, yeah. he's a fashion icon we stand but yeah. on the side of that um, when you're looking at, like, Jennifer Lopez had, like, oh, she had this, like, weird freaking, like, cover slash flag thing that was on one side the American flag and on the other side the Puerto Rican flag, and she walked out to, like, I am an American or some shit like that, and I was like, this is incredible! Like, the show as a whole was incredible, and it was so long, and there's so many facets to it, but all anybody wants to talk about is how they look like strippers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Including your co-host. Man, it kills well, me. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I will say that I did not watch the show, and again, it's just because I never care about the halftime show. I think I sure. took a shower or something like that. But here, so also, first, let also, me, let me oh, go ahead. I'm so go sorry, ahead. really quick. Um, the bitch about Jennifer Lopez on a stripper pole, um, I think it is her trying to bring attention that she did do, like, prep work to be in a movie where she did play a stripper. So it, like, plugs her as an actress for this movie, but also shows that, like, hey, I have this incredible body strength because I did this work. In addition to, like, I am a bad bitch vibe. Um, right. so I'm just putting that out there. So just for the record, I, I, I just don't think this way anymore. I, I don't think Jennifer Lopez is a bad person. I don't feel like I can judge her motives or anything. Here's as simply as, as simple as I'll put it, how women were presented in the halftime show does not contribute well to what we are also trying to accomplish in our society by not seeing women as mere sex objects because – I'm sorry to inform everyone, but that is unfortunately how women are perceived too often, way too often. It's getting better and better and better, but it's, that wasn't helpful. Like it, It's not how, helpful that when someone chooses to self-fashion themselves and put themselves out there and make a name for themselves in this like historic event in that person's life, that they choose to put all of themselves out there and this is how they want to market themselves because this is how they feel the strongest. We just we just talked about two different things. You're talking about marketing oneself and getting their name out and presenting themselves and all that stuff. I'm talking about society and how we view women. It's two totally different things. That is and, two and, different things. Yeah. That is two different so, things. 
so more power to her if that's if that's what she wants to do i'm just saying i completely understand people being like what in the hell did we just watch i thought we were making progress i thought we were i thought yeah, we were getting I, somewhere i think prog progress looks like giving women power back to who to be who they want to be right. not who men say that they are and so these two women chose to exercise that power in that way uh, two totally different women will likely choose to exercise it in a totally different way. Um, also, so I think that I think I think that the conversation gets a little jumbled because the because the inequality of women isn't really understood. Right. Okay. I think that there's that's at least that's my opinion. That's a fair point. I think there's also um, something to be said about like the cultural aspects of these two very specific sure. women who are very Hispanic. And like, that's like, it's okay. So like in Hispanic, it's like not, a, it's not, an, it's a non-issue like to dress mm -hmm. like that and perform like that. Cause you're a performer. It's a non-issue. You know what I mean? But when you're looking at like the Super Bowl's main audience doesn't tend to be Hispanic necessarily. Right. Right. Um, so yeah. I think that's where a lot of the backlash came from, but I definitely think there's a cultural side to this that people are just like not seeing. Yeah. S says I for sure. Yeah. So, so uh, sure. specifically address my question then Natalie, like how would you at least admit as far as the societal gains that we've made in this department, did the Super Bowl show help that? I think that's two different conversations. I know. So, so it, it, it helped in some regard, but it, like it helped in one category is what you're saying, but it definitely hindered in another category. So think, it seems like I think all of it is perspective. I yeah. think it all depends on like who you're talking to because a good chunk of people saw that and were like, it's so wonderful to be a Hispanic woman in America right now because yeah. we have this platform. Look at, look like my entire family was lit lit we aj's some, family sure as hell weren't lit whole nother conversation <laughs> um <laughs> but um there was a group chat that started in my family about like how excited everyone was and how incredible the halftime show and representation wow. mm -hmm. and like i think that that's a whole side to this that's not being discussed because sure the people who are the loudest are the people who are like i can't believe that she showed her ass you know what i mean yeah like, which, in the grand scheme of things, is so small and so, like, it feels like a slap in the face, I feel like, because, oh, like... It's, oh, man, it's, it's so interesting to hear your cultural point of view, because, like, that's, that's helping me understand, but I totally understand the white suburban mother of yeah. white daughters that look at this and they're like, I am appalled because I'm trying to teach my daughter that she is not just body parts, Sure. Like, I, I get that. Like, well, then, I get then, that sort then, of frustration. And I get that. But that's a conversation to have. If you're genuinely concerned with, like, how your daughter sees herself and how your daughter understands what's being put in the media, have that conversation with her. Like, if she's with you watching the Super Bowl halftime show, be like, yo, that was a crazy spectacle. What did you think about that? You know what I mean? How did that make you feel? And she probably has a ton of questions if she is a 12-year-old daughter looking at this and saying, what is happening? Because I'm sure there's layers there that I will never understand because I come from a very particular viewpoint. You know. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna drop we're gonna drop this question on Pastor with No Answers discussion page just to get Natalie all riled up. Bro, all, all I'm saying, uh, listen, all I'm saying is like 
There's definitely layers to this that are easily ignored because at a base level, it's a woman shaking her ass on TV. You know? I will say... What would Emily say? I, I'm curious what would, what would Emily's take? Emily was hype. Hype. We were, yeah. we were litty in our house. I didn't watch the Super and, Bowl at all. Uh, but I loved that. My kids... And and we didn't feel it necessary to like pull our kids either. Like they watched the whole the most of it. It was like time for bed, so like they were also half getting ready for bed. But like it was because and maybe it's because we've been exposed to those. And and I'm Mexican. I'm not Puerto Rican, but I can say that we were so hyped just to hear Spanish yep. on at the halftime right. uh, for the Super Bowl that. Um, and and we understand to uh, Hispanic cultural dancing and like the the pageantry that comes yes. with that and like even in mariachi music it's not like it's more it's usually longer dresses but like the sequence and like all the stuff like, I think we might just have a different perspective. Um, I'm gonna rewatch it honestly with y'all's perspective. I'm gonna watch it again. Yeah, yeah, I'm, it's fire though. Yo, Shakira killed it killed it they're incredible performers and just unbelievable and i think i think that okay this is gonna be real rough um because i know that i have i can take it i can take it it's not you bud it's like i know that i have differing (laughs) probably political views and leanings than a lot of people who listen to this podcast um but in the current political climate i think that it speaks volumes that hispanic people took hold of the Super Bowl in 2020. I mean, I, if that's the case, I love that. I think that's a layer that is for sure being ignored. And considering the mess that was Puerto Rico and that they're trying to work out of after Maria, that they had a prominent Puerto Rican figure as mm-hmm. like this leading the leading the way and having like even bringing up the idea of like Puerto Rican citizenry and citizenship. Um, with that dual flag combo and coming out to like, I am an American or whatever. And that's, I mean, like that hit, you know what I mean? Yeah. I I think it's super cool too. So from a not Puerto Rican, Hispanic dude's perspective, like the other two people on that show were not us citizens at all. Hard stop. Who? Uh, Shakira and who? And um, Jay Balvin. Yeah. He's Col- he's Colombian. Yeah. And she's Argentinian, I think. I thought she was... Um, um, I thought she was Colombian. She might be Colombian, too. Quick Somewhere. <laughs> South Wait. American. Well, hey, South well, American. The main yeah. thing I got out of this conversation is check out Bad Bunny. Yeah, so we were we were actually just talking about I had to had to go out back. My kids were my, my wife's got a, a good little rigid schedule going on with the kids and the boys were having their playtime out in the basketball court and one of the neighbor kids was was back there and we had to uh, I had to go back there. It's kinda awkward, but I was like, Hey man, we're gonna just do the social distancing thing. I asked him how he was doing. I said, You can come back from two to three, the court's all yours because the boys are gonna be doing homework, but are you you taking that strict route as well? Hey, man. Uh, one thing about Southerners, man, we hate to be told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> if, there's, if there's anything that Southerners hate more than anything, is being told what to do. 
but <laughs> I kind of like my lungs. So right. yes, we yeah. are definitely social distancing. I bro, I haven't left the house for like two weeks unless it's been something like really, yeah. really serious, which has been cool because you know, with me being a musician, it's made things it's made things really, really good. I've been super productive. Let's <laughs> yeah. put it that yeah. way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, are you are you uh, are you introverted or extroverted? I feel I, I lean more to extrovert, but yeah. I think I'm like what do they call it, a omnivert or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Where I'm just kind of like in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people are surprised when they hear that. I mean, I, I'm full blood introvert, like, and I, I I used to not realize that. I always, because I was so outgoing, I mean, as a kid, I would just talk to strangers and I mean, I'm not shy, I'm not timid or anything. So I just always thought I was an extrovert. But man, when I discovered that introverts need to recharge by being away from people, it was like the greatest discovery ever because it was literally like, oh, I know how to take care of myself. I really do like people. I like talking to people. But now I know why I'm so drained after being with people for two hours. I mean, Priscilla and I will literally be at a party and I'm having so much fun, but man, two hours, I'm I'm ready to go, and I'll, I'll like find her sister or a close friend, say, "Hey, can you take her home?" Because I'm I'm heading back to the house and yeah. in bed with my book or my Netflix. I'm like a happy, yeah. happy man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, yeah, I definitely like for me, I can be around people that I enjoy a lot, yeah. but if it's a bunch of strangers, I'm out of it. Yeah, like I'll 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 network, I'll find or whatever, but yeah, I'm kind of like in between. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. So does this does this give you more time to create? Do you find yourself being able to do more musically? Yeah, I've been I've been doing that, and I've also been teaching myself stocks. So right now, I'm looking up at, at like three stocks: Apple, Tesla. Microsoft right now it's just yeah I've been trading so and it's been cool I've only been doing it for I I've only been I've been you know invested in a Roth IRA for forever right. right but as far as like day trading and stuff like that this is all new it's like three weeks yeah. so really right before quarantine I was like man I should get into stocks because right. I ran this campaign about black ownership uh, in February during Black History Month so the more I started you know, because I was trying to just get people to say, hey, save your money, invest in IRAs. But as I started looking at the stock market, the way that it ebbed and flowed was really interesting to me. And I was yeah. like, I want to learn more about that. And then it just kind of snowballed into this thing. So that's cool, yeah. man. That's yes, cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had the discipline to actually study. Well, I, I maybe I don't have. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, that's super interesting. I I don't know if I. I don't know if I'm a risk taker enough. Right. But it's it's it seems like there's certain things that you can almost, no pun intended, bet your money on for sure. That yeah. Well, uh, it's it, one thing out. about it, man, is is it's it's really interesting because it's the psychology of money in a sense so like literally as i'm looking at the charts you could literally tell how people feel about a certain stock as the chart is moving so it's kind of been an interesting thing for me because like right now everybody's like coronavirus the world is shutting down and then like last week 
was like the lowest the stock market's been since 2008. And then this week, it's been the biggest recovery we've seen yeah. in a long time. So it's like, that is just really interesting to me. Like, right. it's extremely interesting. Because yeah. I love now, I love learning about people. So Yeah, totally. So like when the stock market is down, how much does... And I don't even know if I'm saying things right. How much does one stock of Apple cost when it's low? It depends, man. Like I've seen it go all the way down to while I've been working on it, two hundred and twelve dollars a share. Uh, really? But I've also seen it go all the way up to almost three hundred a share. Yeah. So you know, it, it it what I've noticed is as far as reduction and increase, you're probably looking at a window of about thirty percent. Yeah. Uh, and that's in that in that regard. But that's my three week mind yeah, 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 wrapping yeah. itself. And this and this would be the time I jump in when uh, we have a global pandemic and yeah. none of the rules are right right now. Like everybody's like, this is the craziest time in the market they've ever seen. And I'm right. like, it's all new to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there seems to see. I just always assumed like there's guarantee wins as far as like Amazon, Apple, Microsoft. I just figured that all of those businesses were just at a place where stocks would be way too expensive. I didn't realize you could buy something as cheap as two or three hundred dollars. See, that's that's where my knowledge. Yeah, and, is. and that's what a lot of people don't realize. I didn't realize that. I was like, wait a minute. Now Amazon and Google, you're looking at you know, $1,500 a share. Yeah. But, you know, Apple, I'm looking at Microsoft. Microsoft right now is $152 a share. Yeah. You know, uh, AMD, uh, Facebook was like 191 Boeing was $99 last week. You know what Dang. I'm saying? Could have had to own some Boeing. So, like, for me, that's that's really interesting to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty for cool. Sure. So how, what's what's the family dynamics like, man? At home, how old are your boys? They're they're six and eight. Actually, oh. it's it's crazy, and I feel really fortunate because I have been able to store up a certain amount of money. Yeah, like, I'm a I'm an artist, but I'm also a business owner. I own my record label. I own I own a lot. So since I own a lot, I'm able like I'm not depending on. Like some artists are check to check, like they literally live show to show. Right. So if shows aren't booking them, then they don't have another source. Right. But for me, I've amassed all these different sources. Like I've been doing music, and I just got a placement on TNT for like Black Panther. Like it was Did crazy. You? Yeah, it was insane, bro. Like it blew my mind. What is it? What what song is it? It was uh the song called uh I think it was Going Up. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's like awesome. it's all these different songs that I've been seeding into the uh, television and film world. So that world has really been consistent. Dang, for me. dude! I had, congrats, I had a song man! On first take today, man. So it was good. Yeah. You f you sold your first what? I had a song on first take today. So gosh, uh, yeah. So just like stuff like that has been able to keep me somewhat insulated from the artists. But I know a lot of artists that are like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do next month because all my shows right. are canceled. Right. I had to cancel the tour. Me and Propaganda were supposed to go on tour. Uh, yep. We'd be on tour right now, matter of fact. But, you know. with, with playing a lot of the nothing but a word stuff? Yep, yep, yep. So, so what what was the partnership there? I, I, when I, I, I love that material by the way i i was expecting going into it hearing a lot of lyricism from both of you did you do most of the music i did all of it okay gotcha yeah gotcha. so he was uh he had a 
a tour date and he had like a, a layover here in Nashville for a couple of days uh, for his tour. So yeah. um, we, I was like, bro, come to the crib. Like, let's cook up. And man, we cooked up seven songs in four days. Dude, they're so good, man. Yeah, bro. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. And I love and I love the stuff that he talks about and how he talks about it. It's just uh, it was pretty timely for me, honestly, as far as yeah. just how people carry themselves online and social yep. media. And <laughs> but dope, man. That's that's. That that song, man, is definitely on top of my list, man. It's so good. So, like, do you do you create the the instrumental track and then just give it to him and say, "What do you do? What you want to do with it?" Like, is that how that sort of partnership works, or do you uh, have something already well, in your head that you suggest, or what? Yeah, so I'm more of a vintage producer, and honestly, this has kind of been was that was kind of like a bucket list project for me in a sense. I've always enjoyed his art and I've always wanted to be like, man, let me produce for you. But I think just because I've done so much like Southern commercial stuff, he was kind of like, I don't know. (laughs) So I was like, bro, I promise. Like I started giving him different references of people that that I would see like sounds and textures. He was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we started working towards that. And for me, I'm a vintage producer in the sense that I like to add, I like to be in every aspect. So like yeah. when you're rapping, I want to tell you how to say it. Like uh, with hooks, I want to contribute to the hook. Like I, I want to make sure that from beginning to end that the song is kind of like, it's your vision, but that I right. shape it the best way that I can. Right. So yeah, pretty involved in the whole process. That's cool, man. I, I I hear you just talk about that. I'm like, that's so dope. Man. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, so like fun. just just that you so have the with the dope song. The beat was totally different. So the beat that I did originally, uh, he was in love with it, and when he finished the lyrics, I was like, this doesn't fit. Yeah, and I just literally just scrapped the whole beat and redid it, and yeah. found that that sample of that Audrey poem. She's a freaking monster. Uh, Audrey Pound actually is her name. Yeah, I found a sample from her man, and we we made it think we made it sing, bro. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Awesome uh, stuff. People need to check that out. It's called Nothing But a Word with Propaganda and and Derek Miner. So, uh, does this uh, does the the current state that we're in as a world does it is it unnerving for you or like you got your your trust in a place with God to where you're not phased at all. Like, kind of, how's Derek Minor doing through all of this? I'm great. <laughs> Honestly, bro. I'm just like, bro. Whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. Yeah, now, I'm I need not more gonna, of that. I'm not gonna feed myself to the wolves, man. I'm not gonna go out and start drinking after people at restaurants. You know, right? Right. Test, you know, I, I, somebody said a great. Uh, they said something great. It was a pastor who shut his church down right when the epidemic started and he said um we're gonna trust god we're not gonna test god you know what i'm saying and i thought that was a really profound statement so you know for me i'm just kind of like man it 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 is a bit unnerving because my wife is a pharmacist though Uh, yeah, that is unnerving because i really worry more about her yeah just just and not even her getting sick because you know she has we went out and bought masks instantly Right. Um, so she has masks and all that stuff, but I am concerned with just the the overwhelming amount of people that that are coming to the pharmacy, and some of them are just scared. They're like they had a cough, 
They're like, right. yo, do I have coronavirus? And she's right. like, I don't know. <laughs> you know. So, you know, if anything, that is a bit unnerving. But, bro, we've been doing what we're doing. Bro, I've yeah. been enjoying my life, man. Like, last week, me and the kids watched uh, all three Thor movies. This oh, nice. We're going to do all Iron Man. Like, we always, this is the most fun I've had with my kids yeah. in a long time. It's like a summer vacation. So, yeah. it's been, yeah. like, for me, I feel fortunate that that's been my experience. Although I know that that's not the common experience for everyone, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, I I posted something on Facebook that I thought was pretty witty that I, I didn't come up with, but something to the point of just remember when if you stay home and stay away from people and nothing happens, that's the point. And I right. posted that. <laughs> yeah, and I posted that, and I still stand by that. But someone that that I knew posted and said. You know, that's neat and everything, but this sure is going to kill local businesses like me and my husband's. And, 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 and she wasn't being a jerk or anything. And I immediately said, man, I am sorry that that, can, that comes across insensitive because I don't even think about that. That's like a nice right. little witty thing. And yet private business, business owners are like, yeah, this is killing us. It's nothing to joke around about, you know, and, and there's a balance to all of it. But I, I just I'm glad that she said that because that that part of all of this really hadn't occurred to me at that time. It was like two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, my God. Gosh, like this is going to kill people, people's yes. businesses that that require yes. people to come to them. You know. Yes, my, one of my best friends is a barber. Yeah, and he, it's been hard on him. Uh, I have a buddy uh, that I know. He just he just got fired. Uh, I have another friend who didn't get fired, but they just put him on unpaid leave. So yeah. his his choices. I mean, he's pretty much screwed because he can't go get unemployment because if he quits. Then he can't get right. unemployment, but he right. can't get unemployment because he's technically still hired on in his company. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, there's more bad cases I've seen than good cases. Like even just uh, me and uh, me and a buddy were talking, uh, who's a musician. He's like, I'm good as an artist, but he's like, I feel bad for my crew, the road managers, the right. merchandise people, the uh, the truck drivers, the, the people like that, the bus drivers, and all that. It's like that tour. They were expecting that for their to, to fill yeah. their quarter. So you know, I'm blessed in this in this time. But you know, I'm definitely aware of the people that are not. And yeah. yeah, it's it's a, it's always the small business owners because the the, yeah. the the big corporations they're going to be too big to fail. They're going to get right. out of that two point two trillion. They're going to get propped up. You know. Yep. Yep. Um, totally. Yeah. I took so. our family and and honestly. I read some stuff about how the virus can be airborne for a few hours, and I rethought this, but I was like, you know what? This is going to be the Svensson family's last hurrah because my my friend owns a theater. It's it's actually where we have church services in, and super, super cool theater, and what he's doing is he's selling private movie showings for minimum of six people, maximum of ten, and so I, I took my... Yeah, I took my family, four kids, and, and me and my wife, and then my parents met us there, and we kept our distance from grandma and grandpa as well, but we all sat in this huge theater watching Pixar's uh, Onward, uh -huh. and it was it was such a sweet family time, but I, I do think that that's probably the last time we would even do something like that, just because I, you know, I want to be a contributor to taking huge 
strides to to stay away from people and i could see where some people would be like yeah you interacted with the with the guy at the concessions because it came with popcorn and a drink and you know what if another party were to have shown up which they didn't but what if somebody showed up for another movie and you know what if it's on the doorknobs and so so i get it but that was kind of a that was a a last party for the Swenson family outside of the house now it's all going to be inside yeah yeah and i think man you know, a silver lining in it for me has been this is the most time I've been able to spend with my kids right. in a long time. I mean, yeah, we have summer breaks and all that, but because even the music stuff isn't rolling really, really fast right now, bro, it's been just amazing watching Marvel yeah. and like, like, man, me and my kids, we went for a walk yesterday and just listening to to them, you know, tell me, you know, what they've been doing all day and, and, and their dreams and all that. Like, I think this is a good time to to lean into family. Yeah. Because uh, Americans, we're so like, got to get this money, got to get this money, got to be yeah. doing something, got to be productive, 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 productive. And oftentimes, we don't, we're not productive in our families. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I think there's a silver line and that might be it. Yeah. Hey, who's your favorite superhero? Oh man, don't tell me. Don't ask me that one. You don't have a favorite? Uh, Nobody on top of your I, list? I got a lot. I think it's I think it's gonna be Batman for sure. Yeah. Because uh, he doesn't have any superpowers and he's rich and uh he he figures it out. And yeah. I, I think the thing about it too is he has a code that he doesn't break. I love that <laughs> about him. Like he's like he he's warped. He's he's his brain is screwed bro but yeah. like he literally has this thing and it's like this is my thing i won't kill anybody and it's yeah. like no matter how much the joker takes from him like dude is like nah it's not gonna happen yeah that's you know, awesome so I, I rock that's with awesome. batman for sure yeah yeah I, i'm hit or miss like i i am not like all on board with superhero movies for me they're hit or miss uh, oh yeah, and I and, oh, yeah. and I and I wish I was honestly because there's just so much good stuff out there. Have you seen the Joker? My brother told me it's a must see. I'm a, I haven't watched it yet because I, I for me I, he said it's very disturbing. Yeah, some Super movies disturbing. I gotta let the hype die down, and I was right. like, I'm gonna let the hype die down. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Derek, you you just listened to some uh, I, I would say three 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 white hip-hop listeners but in in all fairness there's the the other two they call themselves white passing i learned i'm learning all this uh new lingo from from younger folks that i didn't even know there's such thing as white passing yeah but those two are white passing they're people of color but pass for white so who's all the, three who's the guy uh john o'hearn and okay. Natalie Pagan, just two friends of mine. Yeah. So one, yeah. one's Puerto Rican. Who is the? What's the other guy's nationality? Um, I, he's half Puerto Rican. Now, that, this is hilarious that I don't know, but he's he's half he's half. Some, I, I'm gonna actually text him while we're talking because yeah, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, because that's actually an interesting. Yeah, that yeah, that, the conversation was very interesting. I'll say that for sure. Yeah, so I, I'm curious, you know, as we were having that conversation, I was like, I I, I have friends in the hip-hop industry, and dude, I'm telling you, I mean, pe- people that know me well, especially my family, it is the music that I'm listening to, it, 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 it will always hover between 50 and 90% of my music intake. I mean, this, this is what I listen to, and I like a lot of 
indie rock and I'll even listen to some old school country. Like I listen to it all, but for the most part, I'm listening to hip hop and you know, like I like I talked about, I I, I listen I listen to it all, and there's there's certain artists that can kind of maybe go too far with the 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 vul, none of the vulgarity really bothers me except when it's involving women, and so it just has always been puzzling how far we've progressed with the Me Too movement and respecting women. It seems like hip hop artists are getting a pass. And I've heard, and, and it's interesting, and, and uh, you, you heard me say that I, I think that Jay-Z has even said in some of his lyrics how he regrets how he has uh, interacted with women. I think Kanye West has said similar things. Yeah. But then I, I'm still, I'm, I'm listening to new releases of stuff, and I'm like, I can't believe they said that, and they can still make albums because everybody's not saying don't buy their, their work anymore. Yeah, I... I'll be honest with you. Um, so I, I, I had two thoughts the whole time I was listening. Yeah. Um, th- thought number one was, man, you you guys live in such a different world. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will be honest, bro. Like, hip hop culture don't give a damn about no Me Too movement, bro. Like. <laughs> Bro, that the Me Too movement, the Me Too movement is not like it's not gonna shut down the listeners of the people that enjoy that. You know what I mean? Like y'all, I think the thing that you guys don't realize is that though you are big consumers of hip hop music, yeah, from in the culture, you're just observing. Like you're you're a passive observer, even white passing. Like I could tell even just the conversation. Like just some of the key words is being said. I'm not trying to be like I'm judging. No, in a sense, that, but I'm yeah. just like it sounds like, like, the, the, like the things that like obviously as me as a as a man of faith, I feel the same way about hip hop. Like I'm like yeah. man, that's why I make my music. I'm not misogynist. I, I've never called anybody a faggot. Like right. I I'm all about love. Like I so what you were saying is absolutely correct. But the yeah. idea of Me Too and all those movements affecting hip hop means that you don't know who pushes hip hop culture wise. Right. Like you're missing the whole boat. They don't give a damn about no Me Too movement. What the folks say? <laughs> like if you, you gotta go, you gotta check out guys like Lil Boosie and all those guys. Like that's who are the OGs that these young rappers look up to. They don't give a damn about like even Jay Z. Kendrick Cole, as much as I love Jay-Z, Kendrick Cole, in the hood, people don't, like, my little brother is straight up out the out the hood. Jay-Z, Kendrick, and Cole, they don't even listen to them. Like, that's wow. not, they don't listen to them. Like, that is for white people and educated, like, highly educated, artistic people. That's artsy. Nobody gives a, like, in the, the, the stuff that y'all are like, man, this is misogynistic. They don't even damn about what y'all think, <laughs> bro. <laughs> like so, so NBA so NBA Young Boy, YMB Namir, uh, uh, those guys. That's that's the streets. Like you guys never even listen to those guys because y'all are listening to y'all are listening to, which is dope. You're listening to the the, in my opinion, the cream of the artistic crop. But it's yeah. like Young Thug. 
all these dudes that like those are young thug, little boosie, like those dudes are the OGs who's raising these young dudes. That's who they look up to. Like a lot of these dudes respect Kendrick Cole and Jay, but Kendrick Cole and Jay don't they're not the voice of the generation that's saying those things. Gotcha. You know what I'm gotcha. And and I would say in the hip hop culture that, that you're talking about too, that stuff is not even offensive to women. No, that it, are listening because that's yeah, it, just it, yeah. And it's the thing is this: if it wasn't, if it didn't sell, yeah, didn't if it didn't, if people didn't like it, it wouldn't sell. Yeah, like so, someone likes it, right? I don't know who, but right. there's a, there's people that love that. But I think the thing that is being missed, as sad as it is, I think y'all are scratching on the y'all are scratching at the. On on a on y'all are on the crust of the pizza, like the yeah. meat of the pizza, the the pie, the whole pie is that this is how black people often see themselves, right? But then also, it's not. It's only it, it, it's almost like a game in a sense that like a lot of these young dudes, they know that what they're saying is bad or whatever. But at the same time, it's a character that they put on to be like, yo, it's either this or I'm selling drugs or. I ain't going to work at Walgreens or I ain't working at Walmart. Like, so like a lot of these, a, a, a lot of this is, you know, for the young people, it's just them being young and dumb. And that's what people, that's the thing that I, that I hate. Like y'all were talking about J. Cole and uh, one yeah. of the songs he had in one of his lyrics, What you don't realize. How old was J. Cole when that lyric came right. out? With, right. Ch- with Chance the Rapper in that song while you're, you're, you're sitting there like, Oh my God! I was listening to Chance. It's like, <laughs> bro, I'm like, dog. How old was Chance when he said right. that, bro? Right. Like, straight out. You know what I'm saying? Urban kid. You give these kids, like these kids come out, they explode when they're 21, 23 years old. What did you say when you were 21, right. 23? That you right. would be like, yo, if I said this in front of a million people, would would I be embarrassed about it? Of course you'd be embarrassed. Right. Because right. you were a kid. You were not mature. And that but that's the thing about it. People love hip hop's immaturity until hip hop's immaturity steps on their toes. Yeah. When it's yeah. when <laughs> until it gets in my business. Then that's when I'm like, oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I actually did an interview with with Jeremiah, um, Jay Givens. Right. Uh, and that's that's going to come out next week. And I, I was texting back and forth with him about this. And he said the exact same thing you just said. He was just like, dude, it's like, how old was Jay Cole? Like exactly. exactly what you just said that I that I think is, yeah, yeah, for sure. That, yeah. That makes a it, whole it's like as sense. consumers... It's, and that's the thing I hate about cancel culture is because we don't allow people room for growth. We don't take into we say because you're famous and popular, you are an expert in everything and you are the right. most mature you've ever been. So when someone does something that's immature, we don't leave any space for growth. We just cancel them. Now, right. should that I think what I think when people should be canceled is when they consistently troll you or not say like like you guys did give J. Cole a caveat to say, hey, it looked like he's been trying to, as he knew better, do better. But I'm like, that's literally life. Like right. life is a current state of progression. Like there yeah. was things that I thought that when I was 21, 22, that as I look back on it, I'm like, man, I was an idiot. Like yeah. even think about your own Christian experience, bro. Like, bro, 
think about what you thought when you were first a believer and then right. now. Like, you were probably really rigid. You were probably really legalistic. Or either the opposite. You probably were yeah. just balls to the wall. Like, <laughs> But at some point as you grow, you begin to find the middle ground. And we don't do that for hip hop artists. We yeah. don't do that for we don't do that for black people. Like the expectation for black people is if they're gonna be have any level of leadership or power is that they have to be perfect. Like Obama right. had to walk literally the straightest line there is as far as character is concerned. Yeah. While this while this nigga Donald Trump can do whatever the hell he want and it's like, oh well, you know, it's a mistake, you know. It's, uh, yeah, uh, uh. it's like literally, that he can't do anything. Like he can't do anything wrong. But Obama had to walk this oh, line. It's, it's pathetic. That's like my man's like. <laughs> it's pathetic. I mean, yeah. I, I, you, you and I, we, we remember how Bill Clinton was treated amongst evangelicals, and it's like this dude is worse yes. than anything Bill Clinton did as far as extra. Uh, as far as his treatment of women, but yeah. Donald Trump is our Christian president. Derek, did you know that he's finally the answer from God? Jehovah Jireh has supplied the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and here's the, and here's the thing I'll say with that because oftentimes I think because I know that there's going to be people that's going to look at me and say, "Oh, he's black, so he's probably a Democrat or a liberal or whatever," which is not true. But um, I don't like with Donald. I don't have a problem. Like. To me, it's just he's doing what Republicans do. He's just not hiding his cards. He's right. just like, look, I'm out here for the rich. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I do. And that's what it is. And to be honest, I'm quite entertained by his antics at times. Like, I'm like, like, there's this video of him with the girl talking about she had a fever and he like runs off the stage during a press conference. <laughs> like, 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 I, like, bro, like, he just doesn't care. Like, he really doesn't care. And and, I, and I'm like, yo, that's that's slightly entertaining. Although it's sad in the sense that our president doesn't really. He's not as mature as I would I would like him to be. Yeah. But it, it it's like, but it shows a juxtaposition between Obama. Literally, was getting. They ran out of stuff to talk about Obama, and I'm not a. I'm, again, to me, I I think. Every president is just a man. But, you know, Obama, they raked him over the coals for wearing a brown suit. I remember they <laughs> raked Michelle Obama over the coals for getting a doggy bag uh, at when she was leaving a restaurant or having her shoulders out. And I'm like, he had to be so squeaky clean that that's the stuff that had to be found yeah. for him. But it's yeah. like... My man Donald Trump is like, like yo, I grab women by the by the vagina. Right. He's right. like, my man's like, yo, call this woman a horse face chick. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but hey, he's gonna save Easter for us because he loves Jesus. <laughs> man, it's crazy. hey, well, so, so I'm gonna try to impress you here, and I, I do like where do these artists that I listen to. Where do they fall in? Because here's the thing is I, I listen to so much rap. I sometimes will be listening to something and I don't even realize that they're, oh, wow, they're actually big time. Lots of people are listening to them. And then there's some underground stuff where I'll, I'll go on like their Twitter thinking I'm listening to underground. They've got like, you know, 500,000 followers. But here, here's some artists. Freddie Gibbs. You listen to him at all? Yeah. So it would he fall into the 
don't give a damn what people think about me too and uh, people in the underground are listening to freddie gibbs is more of a vintage freddie gibbs has been around for 10 right. 12 years he's like a vintage hip-hop artist he's like an underground hip-hop artist which i wouldn't even think if you're talking about youth music i don't think he's in that but yeah right. freddie gibbs definitely underground doesn't matter what he says there's nothing that me too is going to do to freddie like, <laughs> black milk black milk oh uh, it's legendary like yeah, yeah. you saw you bring out the legends bro freddie gibbs legend black milk legend Straight Royce up. the five nine seems to be legend. somebody who doesn't give a damn about me too. Legend, legend, big legend. crit, big legend. crit, legend. Tanya Morgan, right? But here's the Guilt. thing: you're pulling out. You're pulling out. That's the thing. Like so, the see these are like, some of my favorites, and I don't know what like how how you just described hip hop like the Jay Z, Kanye, uh, Cole, and and Kendrick, and then you have all these underground. I, I don't know where these like Aesop Rocky. He's one. Of, he's he's right. on top of my list. He's all, top three. For all me. the guys that you named are artistic. They're 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 either underground or famous artistic rappers. Yeah. Like. Hold on. You have to look up guys like uh uh Sheck West. Have you heard of Sheck West? Nope. Sheck West. Hip like Sheck West. Uh YBN Namir. Uh 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 I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a blank right now, bro. It's so many so Who'd many. Who'd you say out. YB in the mirror? YBN the mirror, yeah. YB in the mirror. Um uh NBA Youngboy. Nope. Those are the dudes that Hip hop culture, like it's those guys. NBA Young Boy, um, Young uh, look, uh, 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 Dirk, Dirk. I think I have heard of Dirk, but Lil Dirk, yeah, yeah. Lil Dirk. It's cast like that. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, it's like those are sure. those are like the those are the young artists that those are the artists that are gonna be here for the next, you know. 10 years they're the new yeah. young thugs yeah you know what i'm saying uh it's, it's those kind of artists uh uh take uh uh little tj little tj it's like it's those kind of artists that are like now if you listen to that you're gonna get all kind of you're gonna get the it's you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's gonna be crazy you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> i hear you oh dude yeah. this has been this has been super fun. Some of my funnest conversations on podcasting is with Derek Miner. What's the next stuff coming out for, for you? Like, is there uh, low-hanging fruit as far as the next thing that's going to be released that you have your hands on? Man, quite honestly, bro, I'm making music for films right now, bro. That's yeah. that's, that's that's where my bread and butter, and that's, the mo that's where I'm having the most fun. Like, I'm kind of giving my artistry... I'm kind of relaxing with artistry. I actually have five or six singles chilling. I don't know when I'm going to release them, but right. yeah, like, bro, quite honestly, bro, I've just been just enjoying life and just, yeah. I'm just living life, enjoying it. And I'll get back to the artistry uh, as far as being the main act very soon. But right now I'm just enjoying, enjoying producing and, and supporting my friends, uh, and their artistry so sweet man yeah well hey thanks for stopping in and and uh educating us a little bit i love how you put that man they used to, these guys they don't give a damn about me too <laughs> <laughs> thanks bro <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah sweet 
So, Absolutely, man. I saw y'all brought up the baby though, but yeah, the baby, the baby's rough to listen to. I like, I like the baby though, but yeah, the baby definitely when it comes to women, he is definitely not a uh, knight in shining armor. That's for sure. Yeah. But, hey, you, you, you'd get a, <laughs> you'd get a kick out of this, man. We, our, our sound, our, our sound guy at church. Um, I, I found out that he listens to hip hop. So like every every Sunday, well, when when we were meeting, I'd be like, "Hey, man, have you you heard of such and such?" And his his eyes would just get so big because he's like, "The pastor is asking me if I've ever heard of the baby." <laughs> <laughs> you just can't believe it, but yeah, he's like, I, "This is odd." <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the baby was a little too much for me. A little too much. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, you know, he's super talented. But another thing, man, he's growing up, man. Like I, I saw, um, there's a clip of if you because I follow him on IG. I, I love him as an artist. I think he's he's super talented. But you know, the baby had a puff puff. I think what what happened? He got into a fight with somebody. Uh, it was like a fan or something. And Puff Daddy brought him out to his mansion in L.A., sat him down, and then the baby gets on Instagram Live and says, man, I just had a conversation with the OG Puff Daddy that changed my life. And it's like, I think people forget these guys are growing up in front of our eyes yeah. to a yeah. level of maturity that some of us have already attained. Yeah. Um, and that's what I see. That's what kind of sucks. But that's also the appeal of hip hop is yeah. I don't care. I'm hardcore. That's the appeal of it. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like that fine balance, you know, unfortunately. Yep. yep. Dude, thanks so much, man. This is awesome. Much love, buddy. Thank you guys for stopping in. Next week we have Jay Givens joining the conversation. He's known in a lot of, dare I say, Christian hip-hop circles and recently has been very open about his coming out as a gay man and reflecting on his addiction to meth. So my wife and I get to talk to him and it's a, it's a fun time. So catch you back next week. <laughs>